0: In the building, it's good to have you watching live stream. Don't you love this time of year? Oh, man, it just brings you hope. That's what Advent is all about. Sometimes we, you know, rush right into Christmas, and we miss out on this season of expectation, hoping, waiting, watching. And back in the Old Testament, Israel was waiting and watching for the birth of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, we look back. We know that has happened 2,000 years ago. Aren't you glad for the birth of Jesus? But now as a church, we're still waiting and watching we're still in anticipation because Jesus said he would come again. He would rule and reign and he would establish his kingdom here on earth. A place where there be no more tears. The lion and the lamb will lay down together. Be no sickness. That place where justice will prevail. Let's never forget one of our four fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. The first being salvation, the second being healing, physical, emotional, the third being the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the fourth being the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think we talk about it enough. But this morning, on this third Sunday of Advent, the theme is joy. Joy. And I love the Christmas carol, Joy to the World, probably my favorite. We just sang it. But interestingly enough, when Isaac Watts wrote that, he really wasn't writing about the first coming of the Lord. He was writing about the second coming of the Lord. And I want us to explore this morning this wonderful hymn written nearly 300 years ago All based upon Psalm 98. So if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 98. Otherwise, you can see it there on the live stream under Sermon Notes, or we'll show it to you on the slide. I don't think Isaac Watts had any clue when he wrote this, based upon this verse, that it would become one of the most popular Christmas carols, really, of the 20th century, of the 21st century. It would be translated into dozens of different languages. And you've got to ask yourself, what did he see in the scripture, Psalm 98, that would inspire him to write this wonderful carol of the church? And that's really what I want to look at this morning. You know, it's interesting, this carol omits things like the shepherds, doesn't talk about the angels, doesn't talk about the wise men. It doesn't talk about any of those things that you would see in a typical nativity set. But it talks about how Christ's birth brought joy to mankind and Christ's second return is going to bring peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. Psalm 98, a wonderful chapter of the scripture. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre with the lyre and with the sound of melody with trumpets and the sound of the horn make a joyful noise before the king the Lord let the sea roar and all that fills it the world and those who dwell in it let the rivers clap their hands let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord for he comes to judge The earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Although originally this song was a song of rejoicing for Jehovah's protection of his chosen people, it also tells us to rejoice in the anticipation of the time that Christ would come and be God of the earth. This song originally was not called Joy to the World back in 1719 when it was written. It was called The Messiah's Coming and Kingdom. The Messiah's Coming and Kingdom. And as you know, it was included in Handel's Messiah. I want us to look today at three different things here that I feel inspired Isaac Watts to write this hymn, and three things that if we look at with fresh eyes during this season of Advent will inspire us. I know this Christmas carol and, and, and this psalm might almost sound naive in, in some ways. I mean, how can we make this joyful noise to the Lord? How can we sing forth into praise when we live in, in such a broken world? Such a divided, uh, polarized society. How can the sea roar with gladness? Why? Well, three reasons. First of all, because Christmas means that God became man. That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Everything else is add-ons. Oh, I like all the trappings of Christmas. But we need to keep focused the central truth of Christmas, God became man. That is a reason to rejoice, that we have a God that loved us so much that he wanted to embrace our humanity so that he could walk in life with us. He could feel our hurts. He could be more compassionate. He could be more empathetic. He's not a God far removed from his people. He is Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas is all about. God became man. He became man. Joy to the world. <laughs> the Lord is come. Jesus was the deity of God living in human flesh, living in humanity. In the church, we have a, a word for that called incarnation. Incarnation. It's based out of Colossians chapter 2 that says, For in him, meaning Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Jesus wasn't just another little baby born. This Christmas baby is God made man. Let's always remember that, friends. Baby Jesus is God himself. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Now, it's evident that Jesus wasn't just another baby when he was born. Think about some of the events. Wise men, astrologers of the day, crossed the border just to come and see Jesus and worship him. I said astrologers, I really should have used the word astronomers of the day. People who studied the stars were led by the star of Bethlehem to find Jesus. Boy, when Jesus was born, think of it, real angels came down. Not just the angels of a family rejoicing, but real angels came from heaven to announce his birth. When Christ was born, that biggest star in heaven lit up and lit up the way to the manger. In fact, it actually says the star rested. It quit moving. It was in orbit, but it stopped and it rested over the place where Jesus lied. Just look at some of those facts about Christmas. Tells you that, man, there's something special about this birth. It wasn't just another birth. It wasn't just Jesus being born. It was God himself being born in flesh, in Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord, God himself, has come and will come again. Shepherds literally <laughs> hurried to see him. And after they saw him, they couldn't help but just share that good news with people. And as I said a few weeks ago, that should be our response as well. When Christ transforms our life, we need to share that news with others. Those shepherds went back and they kept on saying, wow, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom his favor rest. Again, this was not just a baby, this was God in the manger. God went from God in spirit form in heaven to God in fleshly form humanity Emmanuel. No wonder when you read Psalm 98, it says the earth roared, your maker is with us again. The very maker of heaven and earth, the creator was once again with mankind. No wonder Isaac Watts wrote those words, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Do you have room in your heart for Jesus? And if you have room is it just a little room in the corner or are you giving him full reign over your life? That's an important question for us to ask ourselves today. By when I see God coming to me I see God's love in action. And I've said this so many times and you've heard it. Christianity is the only religion where God seeks out people. Every other religion, people are seeking out God. They're trying to find God's favor. But the beauty of Christianity is God loved us so much that he came to us. He took the initiative to love us. To come and end the suffering that we've created for ourselves. By sinning against him. God has always taken the first step. Always. And will continue to take those steps toward us. Even in our suffering, even in our sorrow, even in our confusion. God is initiating his love. He loved us first. Remember that, and he proved it by coming to us in flesh. Salvation is always the coming of God to man. But we don't ascend to God. God actually descended to us. That's pretty humbling when you think about it, isn't it? That's pretty humbling. But in our relationship with Jesus, we have God humbling himself, coming to us, to forgive us of our sin, to break the power of sin in our life. And as we trust in him, to establish that relationship where we may worship him, as we read in Psalm 98. Man, what else can we see in the mind of Isaac Watts? (laughs) It says, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. You see, Isaac Watts knew that it isn't easy to sing joy to the world in a broken world. Maybe this is not really a a good Christmas for you. You've lost a loved one. You've recently gone through a relationship breakup. You're unemployed. You feel lonely and isolated because of the pandemic. You're scared because of all the theories out there. It's a difficult Christian for many people. And I just ask you to evaluate what is it that plagues you? What is it that curses you this Christmas? And it's pretty cool because as we look at Jesus, as we look at our king, he's a spiritual king now. We live in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here even though it's still yet to come. We are in the kingdom now, and the curse can be broken. Now, someday, the kingdom will come to earth as we pray, not our will, but your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isaac Watts wasn't having a real good season of life when he wrote this. Now, it's a very joyous song. It's based out of a wonderful, you know, Psalm 98. We just read it. But he knew of our brokenness. Isaac Watts, the guy that wrote this song, was plagued with disease. In fact, he was a pastor, and his physical illness got so bad that he had quit. He was rejected when he proposed marriage to his bride. Can you imagine the feeling of rejection, as embarrassing and disheartening that might be, when you say, darling, would you marry me? You know, like you see in the Hallmark movies? Now, you can always predict the ending on the Hallmark movies. In Isaac Watts' case, the lady said, no way. Heartbreaking. Isaac Watts faced constant opposition about his work by those not only outside the church, but inside the church. He was criticized. He knew what it meant to have his heart broken, to be in pain, to be rejected. Here's a guy, the writer of this song can identify with us. Not only can Jesus identify with us, Isaac Watts can. So how in the world could he write a song like Join the World? I believe there's a way of really preaching to himself that there's a better day coming. We have a hope, above all hope, if we keep our eyes upon Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Not the church, not the government, not our savings not those who love us or those who don't love us. Our hope is found in Jesus alone. It's an anchor for our soul. Man, if you're feeling the curse of humanity's rejection to God today, if you're feeling broken today, and again, maybe you've lost a parent or a spouse, maybe a child, maybe you're carrying the weight of a a dark, unconfessed sin. Maybe there was a relationship that didn't work out. I don't know. But I believe that the Holy Spirit can help you as he helped Isaac Watts to say, there's help coming. (laughs) Hope has arrived in Jesus. Christmas is the revelation of that. The second thing I want you to notice is in Christ, pain and Sin and sorrow and brokenness will never, ever have the last word. Oh, sometimes in the world we live today, we think, oh, man, there's no good ending for this. Well, if you trust in Jesus, there is a good ending. Yes, there's a curse. We live in a broken world right now. We are all affected by the sinfulness of man. But there's also good news, and there's one Savior. And he took it all, and he took it to the cross. And he paid the price. And because of that, you and I will never see the curse of sin in our life again or for all of eternity. In Christ, your life has that same crescendo as Psalm 20 or Psalm 98, the one that we just read. The Bible says that, you know, your flesh may fail and wither but your inner being your spirit man can grow stronger and stronger every day 2 Corinthians 4:16 says though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day that's good news instead of the believer's life going downhill <laughs> Our body might be declining, but our spirit continues to go uphill into the embracing arms of Jesus Christ. And eventually to the paradise, to the heaven, to the new earth that he's promised us. That's why we can remain joyful. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, and we'll be with them forever and ever and ever for all of eternity. And I know that's mind-boggling. It's a long time. But in Christ's eternity, it's like a great book where, you know, each chapter gets better and better and better. See, when this carol was written again, we have to remember Isaac Watts was not only thinking about the birth of Jesus, he was thinking about the second coming of Jesus, the king of heaven coming down. And then the king of heaven returning again. I want to read for you a couple passages of scripture out of Revelation chapter 21. Because I think it will bless your heart this morning. As we look ahead to the second coming. Joy to the world. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things of life, those things we're experiencing 2020, have passed away. That's the hope that we have, friends. A new heaven, a new earth. Just think about how long a lady generally takes to prepare for her wedding day. A bride wants everything perfect. She wants to look beautiful for her groom imagine that God is right now preparing that place for us John says I have come or I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare it I will come again and receive you unto myself I don't know about you but I'm looking forward not just to 2021 But I'm looking forward to eternity. Because no matter, 2021, I believe is going to be a better year than last year, but we're still going to deal with all the same stuff that we're dealing with. But someday, friends, when Jesus comes, when that new in heaven and new earth will be established, there'll be no racism. There'll be no hatred. There'll be no strife. There'll be no jealousy. No fits of anger, no dissension, no divisions, no sickness, no death, no debts, no disasters, no wars. That's going to be a wonderful day. And it's promised to us, just as the first coming was promised to the Jewish people. Isn't that wonderful? No hospitals, (laughs) no mortuaries, no graveyards. No more mass shootings. No more sickness. Why? Because the Savior came. Because the Savior came. Heaven's perfect. And heaven is a real place. In fact, the Bible in Revelation 21 says the angel actually measured it. There's actual measurements of heaven. It's not a figment of our imagination. It is a real place. We don't have anything to fear if our trust is in Jesus. That's why we can sing, joy to the world, the Lord has come. The fact that Christ came to earth incarnate in our flesh tells us that he knows our current pain. But we also know that this too shall pass away. He's promised a better place, a new heaven and a new earth. Well, the third thing I want to look at for just a moment this morning is He became like us, but there's a purpose besides salvation and redemption, it allows us to become like Him. Jesus became like us so that we could become like Him, so we could have His Spirit so that we could be sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're no longer called slaves. We're no longer called friends. We're children. We're heirs and co-heirs in the kingdom of God. Man, that cute little baby Jesus in the manger, he's the glory of the invisible God. Listen, as I read to you Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The birth of Jesus is more than just a supernatural display of God's Power. The birth of Jesus has a clear purpose. And it's to lead you and me. Humankind. To God. It was a rescue mission. It really was. Jesus came to rescue us. Man the birth had a clear purpose. That's why Isaac Watts wrote. He comes to make his blessings flow. What is the greatest blessing of all? It's knowing Jesus. It's allowing Him to complete our life, allow Him to walk through the darkness of life with us. Even when we don't feel Him, even when we're confused, even when we feel like Job, we can say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. That is the greatest blessing. Friends, sometimes we get we get them mixed up. We think the greatest blessing would be not to have any trials, not to have any tribulations. But most of you know that it's through the valley that he restores your strength. It's in the desert. It's in the unknown. It's in the confusion. It's in the pain. It's in the tears that he does that deepest work. All we want to be like Jesus and have the power of his resurrection But the scripture also says we need to be willing to embrace the fellowship of his sufferings. Because it's sometimes through sufferings and the hard times that we really are drawn into Jesus, who he is. You see, the greatest blessing is not absence of trials. The greatest blessing is to have the presence and the company of God with us as we're walking through trials. Oh yeah, 2020 was a tough year, but you know God was walking with us and God will be walking with us in the future. One of the third century church fathers wrote this not in English, this is the translation. The incarnation has a goal and the goal is not just to bring God to man nor for divinity to take on humanity. The ultimate purpose for humanity is to put on divinity for created man to be deified. We can only put on God through faith and full trust in Jesus Christ. At Christmas, Jesus became human so that he could understand our pain, but the cross and the resurrection shows that we can become like him. Finally, the Lord Jesus came to reveal God to us. I don't think people realize that Christmas really a time of decision. God revealed himself to man through Jesus. And there's one of two things that you as an individual can do about that. You can embrace it. You can repent from your sinful ways. You can believe. You can ask Christ into your heart. You can trust Jesus. That's the best decision. Or you can rebel. You can pretend that somehow you know how to save yourself, that you know how to find happiness that you can guarantee an eternity that will be as good as heaven. You can pretend that you can save yourself through charity or through good works or church attendance or whatever. Friends, there's only one way to be reconciled with your creator, with God, and that's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, if you have not done that, that'll be the greatest gift you'll give to yourself. Not just this Christmas season, but the greatest gift in your entire life. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry for my rebellion and my sin and my selfishness. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Psalm 98 ends this way. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together. Before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth, he will judge the world with righteousness and peoples with equity. Christ's first coming and Christ's return is great news for those of us that believe because we've been judged. Our sins have been judged Because Jesus took our sins and he went to the cross. So now when God looks at us, he looks through Jesus. Jesus becomes our righteousness. That's wonderful news. But it's not good news if you haven't come to that decision in your life. And I encourage you today to let Jesus be your Lord and Savior. I'm not just talking about You know, give him a a little room in the back of your heart. I'm not even talking about giving him your heart. I'm talking about surrendering your entire life to him. Make him your Lord. And you'll be able to sing joy to the world in in a much greater way, a much more impactful way, a much more meaningful way. Because the miracle of Christmas is that the invisible God of the universe became visible to us in Christ Jesus. Again, Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I want to leave you with this thought. Only through Jesus can we see God and be reconciled to our creator. Have you done that? And maybe you have, and I trust most of you have, But don't forget in Psalm 98 in verse number 3 I'm sorry, in in verse number 3 of Joy to the World it says, let no more sins and sorrows grow or thorns infest the ground. So as believers, we have a challenge here. Are there thorns that you've allowed to infest the soil of your heart? Are you allowing sin and Sorrow to grow, because those things will hinder the blessings of God. So I encourage you, whether you have walked with Christ for years or whether you have made that decision even today to walk with Christ, I just encourage you to let God display his love for you and through you. Surrender all you are to God that the joy of salvation may restore you into right relationship with him. Only through Jesus can we see God and be reconciled to our creator. This is a great hymn, a great Christmas carol. It's a great song of hope because Jesus is coming again. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Amen. And did you know, that entire song, that entire thought is all found in eight simple notes. Oh, I'm not a musician. I was in band as a kid with Mr. Sells. And I remember that he had us do scales. And the C scale, the simple C scale has eight notes. But you know, if you play that scale correctly, you'll find the entire message of today's sermon, joy to the world. Watch this video with me.
1: My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at Third and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, (laughs) but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then one day she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses the pauses. She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, My mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. when I realized the good news she was talking about.
2: Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Good message. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me if you're in attendance here. You can take a posture wherever you're joining us online. But can you do something with me this morning? Can we just give action to our hearts this morning. Can we just take our hands and go like this before the Lord? And you can close your eyes if you so wish. I would like to pray a prayer as our hands are like this. Father, as you look at our hands this morning, I pray it would be a picture of our hearts. Lord, that our lives would be in surrender to you, that we would be totally committed to you in our lives As this message this morning beautifully shows, God, there will be trouble in this world. There will be strife. We know that there is sin, that there is things, Lord, that you never wanted for us in this world because it's a broken, flawed world. But because you came, we can have joy. So, Lord, as our hands are open before you, God, may our hearts be open to you, Father, that we would live surrendered lives, committed lives to you. Whether we've been following after you for 50 years, or less, it doesn't matter. Each of us have a different journey, but God, today we commit with open hands, open hearts, committed to you, to your kingdom to your will being done in us, Father. I pray, Father, that we would live this season and every day, God, according to the love that you've put on display for us and that we can embrace in this day and every day. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his birth. Thank you, God, in this season that we celebrate. We know the work of God was completed on our behalf from the manger to the cross. And Lord, may we live lives worthy of the gift and of the sacrifice you have given to us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.